0: we live lives that are boring all of us do like even the person who's traveling the world right now and posting everything on social media they still go to the washroom do the dishes have to make their bed or they should make their bed like we all live boring lives and sometimes we need to engage on that boring level of life and speak into each other's boring lives and do do dishes together go for walks together get groceries together bring the kids to school together and just be more involved in the mundane aspects of our lives together and that's something that i think be real facilitates Welcome to WWJT, a podcast where we try to figure out how to follow Jesus and use tech as, as Jesus would. He was a carpenter. He was using tech. Did he Did he just use his hands in order to like take two pieces of wood and cut them in half, or did he use a saw? The guy used technology, all right? And so, too, we should use technology. Maybe we should use this new app called Be Real. Well, maybe it's not that new. It's a couple of years old, but it's popular now. Christians are using it. Joel, are you a Be Real user?
1: Yeah. No, I just got it about a week ago. Um, I'm not definitely one of the the trendsetters on these things, but it started, I guess, um, hitting my community of friends. So it, it seems like recently it's been getting some traction and that's how I got exposed to it.
0: Yeah. yeah I, about a month ago, a friend of mine told me to get on it. Um, also, I need to update the listeners. How did the meeting go with your CEO in uh, Silicon Valley?
1: Um, yeah. No, it was great. Now there's... Um, some excitement to discuss it even more and put more, um, energy and weight behind it. So it's, you know, it's, it had the most positive outcome. The only challenge is that means there's more expectations, <laughs> but, Yeah, but you know, it's, it's the right direction to go rather than the opposite way.
0: That's the deal with working in tech. It, it feels like you're either going to get fired or your company is going to completely fail or you're going to get the investment and then it just gets more difficult. It doesn't get easier. And that's basically what you're doing just within a co- company. You're kind of doing a startup. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Enough banter. People don't want that much banter. I, I wouldn't want that much banter. Um, so Be Real, it came out a couple of years ago. Um, a brief background to Be Real is, is it is a social media app. And it's like slogan, of course, is about being authentic. It's about doing it with your friends. The whole way that it works is that they send you a notification saying it's time to be real. And that's at a random time each day, um, slightly dependent on time zones. That's not in the middle of the night all the time. Um, And so, yeah, so that's that's the main concept is you can only post once per day. You got to post it within that two-minute timer as it starts. So if you're in the middle of a meeting, you can't jump out of a meeting. You're just you're not going to be able to post for that day. But all of your friends get that notification at the same time. So there's kind of this shared experience for you to discuss what you're up to at that point in the day. Um, and it's not sharing things all through the day. And that's the primary purpose of the app. Um, it kind of has this gimmick you could call it in order to incentivize authentic and spontaneous sharing. Is that that, a good summary?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good summary. For me, um, I think I often don't, I don't know, feel the notification or realize I got the notification. So what ends up happening is I actually post late and it just adds a tag to be like, hey, Joel posted three hours late, four hours late. It'll still let me post. Unless I post, I won't be able to see what my other friends post. And then it will kind of provide that disclaimer to tell other people like, hey, this wasn't exactly as real as Joel could be. He may have maybe like gone to a more exciting place to take this picture, right? That's kind of how it says like, oh, posted two hours late. Um, But I did, you know, enjoy that I can't just endlessly post. I kind of post once I see what my friends have posted and then it's done. I can't really like there's not much more to do. And in that sense, I found it pretty refreshing because it's not like, oh, I'm going to endless scroll. And there is a discover mode, but like I tapped into it once and I'm like, "Eh, this doesn't seem exciting. And I think that's because the things that people post are not like eye candy. It's just like kind of quote unquote boring, mundane stuff, right? Um, So I care about maybe my close friends, what they're doing, but a stranger, I don't really care to explore.
0: Yeah, the picture of me doing the dishes, and and we should add that it's not only the front-facing camera, but it's also the back-facing camera. It, they take a picture of both at the same time, or or the video at the same time, so you can narrate and then have these two images side by side, um, which is also another unique thing. But um, you know, it's been it's been reported that Instagram is already testing a prototype version of the exact same gimmick, right? Because that's the thing is that like Facebook or Meta, which owns all these smaller ones, like they're just going to copy it. But it is this unique small thing. I think one of the reasons why it's growing in traction is because most of us do not curate our social media very well. So we follow whoever we've followed for the last 15 years and we get all of this various content in our feeds. And if we're honest, we don't like some of the content but we're not willing to do something about it. We're not willing to, you know, say, "Oh, I don't want to see this individual's stuff as often." Or, "I don't want to see this. I actually want to see this more." Like your pastor, maybe post Bible verses, and that's it. But maybe you should try to see those Bible verses that your pastor is posting, right? Um, so that's just. I think we go to a new media. Like I found this when Snapchat came along, even Instagram to a degree. It has this. Oh, I start fresh. I start fresh. I need to curate this. Um, Twitter, for me, from the beginning, has been a preferred app because it forces you to a degree and, and kind of makes it easy to follow and unfollow people. Facebook has that design, as we talked about with Jason Thacker last episode, when you design things in certain ways, it makes it easier or difficult to do things to form your behavior. Well, Facebook wants you to keep sharing with more and more people, whereas Twitter, it's like, no, always be curating. Uh, But even Twitter has given up and they've succumbed to the god of the algorithm, Um, Mm. which is what all the apps are doing now. We got to be more like TikTok and be all about this. Oh, let the algorithm do it. They know you best, but I don't think that's true. We shouldn't let the algorithm do it. And so be real. It's like, Oh, I'll pick the people, I'll I'll do it close friends. This will be a different experience than some of these apps where you share with the world.
1: Yeah, like it's it's interesting because I think a theme that these social media companies are um differing on and kind of selling to you that this is why they're different is the circle of trust that you're sharing to. So be real is like, hey, it's a very small group of friends that you're sharing to. Part of the mechanics of their design is that. Because they're not, let's see, glam pictures most of the time, you're going to want to keep that circle small versus Instagram, Facebook, you may have a business, you may have something else, you're trying to like, share a brand curate something. So there's a lot more like thought and effort. And like, for me, that just, that is probably the primary barrier for me to use those platforms more because it's like too much effort to do all that, like thinking and processing and, and posting. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. almost like this expectation because that is the norm. And then again, like TikTok is different because it is a little bit more authentic in kind of the things that had been posted originally. Um, but like you said, the curation is done by the machine rather than the individual.
0: I, I think the whole point, though, that I would want people to know in terms of living in the midst of all this digital technology and trying to use these apps well is you need to train the algorithm. You need to work really hard at it or else your platform is going to be more based around the system one version of your brain instead of system two version of your brain. Yeah. So Daniel Kyneman, he wrote a book. I probably pronounced his name wrong because that's what I do really well is pronounce names wrong. But he wrote a book that's uh, talks about these two different systems that our brains use. System one is the more um, instantaneous. It has bias. It's just your immediate thought when you think of something. So when I say basketball player, you think of something in your mind based around those biases um, and based around those those instincts. Now sometimes those can be accurate. Sometimes they're not. And many times they're not. And they're they're just like our quick. He, he argues it's like an evol- evolutionary response. System two is the more thoughtful when you think about it and what is your goal, what is the pros and cons, then you make a better decision. So an algorithm-based um, newsfeed that is based around your viewing and clicking and scrolling habits, um, I mean, that's that's a transition too. I think 10 years ago it was about um, clicking. Um, then it transitioned to just watching now or just lingering on a video, that type of data is picked up on now. And now with the TikTok, like you're not even going from one video to another by choice. It's always autoplay. Um, and we're seeing that more and more with all types of social media. So so I think social media tends towards this system one in order to tap into the less reflective side of you that just consumes car crashes and consumes you know, the, the type of content of someone playing beer pong or some epic sports thing. At least I see weird stuff on my feed like that, but all of our feeds are different. So they're, if you don't curate it well, you might see a lot of sexualized stuff. You might see a lot of argumentative stuff. Our, your feed is going to be based around how you train it. It's almost like a, a lion in your house. A lion in your house is highly dangerous, but it can be trained. You just got to be careful because it might jump at you sometimes. So how are you going to train it? You've got to be thoughtful about training, training your uh, training your line.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so the reason why I thought TikTok was really cool is because it would serve me content that I found interesting. But what ended up happening is because I spent a bunch of time listening to comedian, listening to comedians do stand up that now my feed is just all comedians doing stand up. And yeah. it's kind of like, uh, this is not exciting because it's not different content. It's almost like too algorithmic. I just like focused on the fact that I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm here to hear a joke, right? Um, so yeah, you got to curate it and or maybe find a better platform that allows you to curate it.
0: Hence Be Real, the best social media platform <laughs> of all time. All people should be on Be Real. No, so uh, what we believe at, uh, at this podcast is similar to what Jason Thacker said. It's Kranzberg's first law of technology, that technology is neither good, nor is it bad, nor is it neutral. It has influences on us. It has unexpected outcomes. It it causes a chain reaction with other things. So we can't just say be real is good or be real is bad. What we want to do is think about how be real forms you. And let's talk about some positives before we talk about some negatives. I think some of the positives is that is that it can connect you with friends or family in the midst of the minutia of your day and to start conversations when sometimes there's nothing that interesting to talk about but hey you know doing the dishes hey i didn't know that you had that same you know <laughs> squeegee brush i don't know like oh you use that dish detergent like we live lives that are boring all of us do like even the person who's traveling the world right now and posting everything on social media, they still go to the washroom, do the dishes, have to make their bed or they should make their bed. Like we all live boring lives and sometimes we need to engage on that boring level of life and speak into each other's boring lives and do do dishes together, go for walks together, get groceries together bring the kids to school together and just be more involved in the mundane aspects of our lives together. And that's something that I think Be Real facilitates. What are some other positives?
1: I think that's really the the big one for me is it kind of allows you to feel like, oh yeah, this is just being human. This is like being authentic, right? It's like almost directly playing into the marketing materials that they they have out about this app. Um, And it does engage me where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to post this because I don't have to think about it. It's simple. And I'm starting to engage with friends about random topics that, especially through the pandemic, I didn't take the extra effort or have any prompts to kind of like just text them about a random topic. Um, So it does create this kind of conversation starter that is more mundane which in a sense is good because it's you're you're kind of coming frankly and more transparently to your friend rather than being like oh look at what i'm doing which is also a conversation starter about some cool thing you're doing um but then it almost like sets the expectation that we need to talk about how we're all so cool and doing all these cool things mm-hmm. right so it's still creating a conversation starter but it's doing it at a, at a topic level that I think is an easier entry.
0: Joel, do you want to know the first sermon that I ever preached? What is it? First sermon I ever preached <clears throat> was How to Live an Authentic Life. And I took from Jesus' statement in Luke about the fear of man that so many of us. We're not trying to live as we are authentically. Instead, we're trying to live up to the expectations of others. You yeah, know, and that's I
1: think, I think I remember this actually that when you're you you've reused that sermon a couple of times and like got better and better each time. And yeah, you're a pretty authentic guy. So I feel like you know it, it matches well. Well,
0: I've struggled so much with people pleasing. And trying to be like others. Some some people who know me know that I, I ran for student politics. I was the president of a student union um, for for a year. I had to get elected for that. So you're like, I'm very concerned about what people think of you in that context. But that was like just a natural part of my life—is to be concerned with other people think of me. So very on a very personal level, I struggle with that. And so Jesus says, "Do not fear those who you know. All they can do." Is kill you. Fear the one who can send you to hell. Right. Which is which is pretty intense, right? Like you need to fear God rather than man. And then he says, do not fear, are not, you know, the sparrows worth so much that God protects them. So do not fear, Jesus says. It's kind of a this contrast. There, the verses are right back to back. So the Christian ought to be authentic. They, as Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, they ought to let their yes be yes. You know, they they shouldn't have to go to this new level of oh I swear to you no always let your yes be yes your no be no. Um, we are to remain as we are, so to speak, as as Paul encourages the Corinth church in First Corinthians, that they shouldn't try to like change a whole bunch of things. But if you are saved as an unbeliever or saved as an unbeliever and you become a believer and you you know are single, then you can remain as a single if you're saved as a married person, then remain married. If you're, if you're saved as someone who lives in Jane and Finch district in Toronto, then like remain there. You don't have to change a whole bunch of things about your life. You should live in the world, but not of the world, but, but be who God made you to be. So be authentic. So authentic, authenticity is good, but here's my hot hot take now. Okay. Yeah. Ready for my hot take? Ready. I think authenticity is so overrated that I would never preach that sermon I did again. I think, or at least I would change it considerably. I'll give multiple reasons why I feel this way, but I think we're so concerned about being authentic that we are disobedient to um, the text of scripture. For example, are, as we talked about with Wyatt Graham a few episodes ago, we're supposed to welcome our brother who has different convictions than us, right? So it's authentic for me to eat meat. I love having a burger. I love, you know, having ribs, wings, you name it. But if I'm around someone who's vegetarian and that's their conviction, then I actually should not be authentic and eat from the buffet what I so desire, no, 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 I, I adapt to them. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, I should become all things to all people so that I might save some. That Christians are, in a sense, chameleons. On the inside, the same and consistent and always in Christ, but on the outside, they might have some some level of some plastic identities, so to speak, that depend on their context so that they might to the Jews be like a Jew, to the Gentiles be like the Gentiles. And when we think about the cultural trends, um, I'll just share a quote from Tim Keller, because he captures this. He captures this idea of how should we interact with our inner desires, who we feel like in the inside, and then how we live on the outside.
2: Here's a question. Uh, some of your deep feelings you don't want to act on. Well, that's not true. I said, well, I usually would say, this is one illustration, a thousand years ago, if you're a young man, you're an Anglo-Saxon warrior, you're walking around, you know, Britain, and you look in your heart and you see this, uh, this strong feeling, it's, it's called aggression. And When people get in your way, you just like killing them. So in that culture, shame and honor culture, warrior culture, you look at that and you say, that's me, that's me. I like that. Today, if you're a young man, you're walking around Orlando and you feel like that, you go to therapy, you go to anger management, mm-hmm. or you go to jail. Mm-hmm. And you don't like that. You don't, you generally will not probably uh, uh, identify with that. So what I would say, one of the things I'd say is, look, basically, you think you're free because you're just looking your heart and doing... Basically, your every culture tells you which feelings are truly you and which ones are not. So our culture tells you, if you have any sexual desires, that's you. If you have aggression, that's not you. Well, that other... Culture said it was the other way around. And so I said, actually, you need to let the Bible help you sift your feelings. Otherwise, you're going to think you're free, but the culture is actually telling you who to be. Uh
0: It's not enough to say, well, whatever our internal desires are is what we should enact. We need to bracket those desires with what is correct. So when people tell you, just be true to yourself. I want to say to them, no, be true to Christ. Be true to who he is. You have a purpose for life, which is to become more Christ-like. And that means that even if you have sexual desires as a single person, you need to practice abstinence to the degree that Christ did, right? If you are an individual who has inclinations towards celebrity status, you know you need to practice servanthood as Christ did. If you have inclinations towards you know, whatever it is through these social media apps that can tempt us with, you know, being popular or things like that, so too we need to respond to that in a Christ like way rather than responding to it in a self desire fulfillment way.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's really, that's really good to think about. Um, because, like you said, like, you know, being authentic, yes, that is in a general sense a Christian thing. But it's a level above that where it's like, okay, you know, there's a line you cross where it's like, we also have to consider, um, you know, being Christ-like before being authentic and also being to the Gentile a Gentile and a Jew a Jew, right? So there's like definitely a couple layers to think about identity and how you present yourself and how you carry yourself out and that's in general and then how does that play into you know social media and technology
0: yeah because if we think about what social media companies want they want you to believe in expressive individualism they want you to believe that the purest form of you is when people recognize you for fulfilling your internal desires that's like one way to think about expressive individualism and that is no more true than the person who looks into their social media app and says, this is how I'm feeling today, this is this, and then they get affirmation from people for expressing their own internal desires and internal wishes. And against that is something like the Lord's Prayer, where it's, no, 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 not about me, but you start where? With our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, which sometimes gets skimmed over in our prayers personally because we're so focused on us, our own individual expressions to God, which is good to express our needs to God, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. But we need to be praying for God's will to be done. And then we are then obligated to then carry out that will as we see it as the highest good. And so this is just, you know, my, my, warning with social media in any form, but even in, in this be real setting, it can offer these good aspects of your um, friendly interactions with others, but it can also just be a distraction as well as something that forms you to become more of an expressive individualist than it will to form you to be more like Christ. And I don't I don't have clear guidelines to give or rules to give of whether or not you should use it it might be really good and it it might just be in your friend circle a really helpful tool to stay connected with other friends perhaps even over a distance and it could have some good there but i i just would give some caution and some warning um, to consider before getting into it
1: yeah no, i think it's good that what we're we're doing here is we're actually like creating a platform for people to have those kind of deeper thoughts and discussions rather than saying here's a role this is a christ like app this is not a christ like app sort of thing you know and i think for people to reflect on you know is this pushing me to be more expressive about my individualism um you know is it going push me beyond a point um which yeah we mentioned before this is what these social media companies are engineering the devices to do and it's interesting to see that they have monetized this human nature you know this like psychological understanding of of people and how they think and their type one brain and all that type of stuff and you if you kind of back drop that or or portray that onto the backdrop of today's economic climate we actually start realizing that like Facebook grew, out of what they call the GFC or great financial crisis in 2008. And since then, that's when they were kind of a startup. And then they like grew a lot. So for this past upswing of, you know, let's call it 14, 15 years, um, they haven't really had to face the the economic crisis that we're facing today. So I'm not sure if you just saw, but Snapchat just announced that they are laying off like 20% of their 6500 work uh, personal workforce so you start thinking about the from a technology point of view is monetizing this sort of like human behavior the right way to go as a technology creator like is Be real showing us that there are other ways to think about the social media model and what does social media of the future look like you know we've It's interesting. We've now seen so many social media platforms be created. You know, Trump is trying to create his own platform, which I have never actually even checked that out. Um,
0: Well, it's getting banned from even being on Google right now because of the potential (laughs) for like they're not moderating it enough and there's potentially plans on it. I don't know. It could be fake news. I mean, I got to I got to be true to Jason Thacker's warning of like (laughs) not just quoting something that I've only seen the headline of. So I I won't go into it, but I know that that Google kicked them off the uh, app store
1: recently. Yeah. So I guess the point is that all these social media companies are coming and that is already kind of showing us that there are going to be new entrants in the future and they are going to differentiate their model to change how we interact and change what we do so again, to like any Christians who are thinking about moving into technology or working in technology, it's it's a call for us to be mindful about how we can influence and change these business dynamics and the way technology is created in a way that does maybe push people to be more Christ-like, right? Like thinking about uh, responding kindly um, in comments on social media platforms, right? Like all of these things are mechanics that actually come up in conversations, you know, at Instagram, where they release a feature where you can actually turn off comments, or I think even Twitter did that too. Mm-hmm. And that was in response to celebrities seeing like the cesspool and their comments and being like, hey, like, I don't want this like negativity, right? So like all of these mechanics are thought about. And I think, yeah, we definitely want to use this conversation to think about how we as individuals could, could maybe have an influence directly as creators or talk to creators in our community. Um, and then, you know, share with them this level of thinking.
0: Yeah. Cause what the mechanics of Be Real is doing, on one hand, yeah, it is potentially interrupting you in the middle of a day, but it is limited. So it's not something that you can have on all the time, always scrolling, always searching through. It has this boundedness. Similarly, Chris Martin makes this comparison to wordle wordle was popular cuz it had this limitation to it of only one wordle a day and so to with be real and i think that's a kind of a helpful a helpful mechanic to limit our social media use like if all of your friends that you are currently follow on Facebook, if if fifty percent of them moved over to B Real, and then you stopped using Facebook, you're not just adding more social media time, but then you started having some of those conversations on B Real. Perhaps they would be more reflective of real, personal, like, conversations rather than the types of stuff that might be filtered to you through Facebook's algorithm. And so there is some benefit there with the mechanics that they're using. And so I could see it being used even more so by Christian communities in order like maybe it is something.
1: And you know what's also funny is that there's always as much as like me as a park manager, I try and think about how people will use it. Uh, I think you'll see like these pictures of like design of a pathway where it's like a right angle, you walking straight and then you take a left turn. And then in actuality, there's like a trodden consistently path, taking a shortcut between the two earlier. Um, So it's like what people actually do in reaction to these design mechanics is often very interesting. Mm. Um, You had a funny story about someone who is like being more social now because of be real how was
0: it yeah so just in researching for this episode I was like you got to see what reddit's saying about these things and so someone posted on Reddit that like basically they go out way more now so that whenever because it's random through the day that be real sends you that notification so then oh I'll be outside eating lunch or I'll be on a walk or I'll be like they said I'm way I'm I'm outside way more than I used to be um just so that I can can be ready for that be real notification. And like someone commented in response being like, this is sad, but like both were upvoted. Like it's kind of this true thing. It's sad, but it's, it's kind of like when people got addicted to Pokemon go, but they got, they like lost 20 pounds. I was like, yeah, I mean, there's kind of this, you can, you can have these negative things that are pulling you in directions that aren't helpful. And yet that might also be for your good at the same time. And so, you know, even for myself, I have this desire to please others, well, that could be used negatively, and I can be so focused on people-pleasing that I don't profess Christ. And yet at the same time, that desire to please others might cause me to really work hard in my teaching and preaching and communication on this podcast so that I can help others think better. So it's like that people-pleasing can be good and bad, these desires can be good and bad, and we just need to steer as close to Christ as we can.
1: Yeah, very cool. So, my question for you, what would Jesus tech? You know, will he use a power saw or is he gonna stick with his regular handsaw?
0: <laughs> He's gonna use a power saw. Is he gonna use be real? Ah, I don't know. Like he he seemed to go in addition to going to very popular places, he would also go to just private rooms, right? So if you think about the different social media platforms reflecting different types of public squares, like he would go to the synagogue every week, sometimes teaching, he would go to large gatherings, He used the technology of a boat in order to amplify his voice across the water, um, which your voice does like travel better across water so that more people could hear it. So we know we know that he at times used the technology of the day to broadcast his message farther. And yet you also see a ton in Scripture of him keeping his, his uh, communication just in in close quarters. And yet, how do we know about that? It was broadcast on the medium of the Pirates and the scrolls to deliver in the Gospel of Matthew what he said in those close quarters. So, yeah. you know, Jesus was both and. Maybe he would use it. I don't know. Um, I think he would prioritize, though, real presence physically being with people um so that he might heal them because in the new heavens and new earth it will be a physical reality that's why when jesus gave sight to a blind man he used the technology of mud which sounds weird why would he use mud it's kind of nuts right like <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of a silly thing to do except when you remember in genesis 1 and genesis 2 what did God do? Yeah got his hands yes. dirty, he got it into the, the the sand, the mud, the dust of the earth and he formed us. He formed persons. And so too, Jesus started this new creation, this new kingdom of God that's already but not yet. And so he was getting his fingernails, dirt under his fingernails, so to speak, in order to start this new humanity. that is a physical, Humanity, embodied persons, that are both body and soul, and so I do think he would prioritize in person over social media, because that's that was his his motive was to create a new heavens and new earth that was a physical reality. But I don't I don't neglect the fact that he uh, he used scrolls and books of the time in order to communicate his message as well. So maybe, maybe
1: is my answer. Solid, solid, included concluding answer. Um, <laughs> social media.
0: It's tricky. It's tricky. Anyways, we'll we'll keep navigating it. Um, would love for the people listening, you know, if this has struck a chord with you, if you're thinking about so, your social media use, you have questions for us or you just have comments, reflections, would love to hear them. You can email us at what would Jesus tech at gmail.com pretty easy to remember it's the name of the show and then at gmail.com you can send us an email with your thoughts we'd love to hear from you Um, and thanks so much for listening we appreciate your time this has been WWJT I'm Andrew and I'm Joel take care